You're listening to the Manitobaville Podcast, brought to you by Rodeo Road Studios. Hey, happy Canada today from the Manitobaville Podcast. This is Mahangel, and we're just uh, saying hello to all the Canadians out there that are listening, all the, uh, all the groovy people, all the groovy people who listen to the Manitobaville Podcast. Today we have a great guest. He is a fellow beneficiary of the First Amendment of the Canadian Constitution. And by that I mean he's a Manitoban. So here we are. We are all living under the great protection of the First Amendment and uh, exercising our rights to be Manitobans. Thank you to Louis Riel. A little shout out. Thank you to Thomas Spence who tried to get it going and, uh, <laughs> and flamed out. And uh, thank you to all the people who finally fired it up and got it underway, Donald Smith's. You ever wonder what those streets downtown are called Donald's and Smith for? You might want to look it up. Anyway, uh, this is the Manitobaville podcast. Today we have Quinton Blair. Quinton is a horseman. He's a country folk. He is a country singer. He's a folk singer, kind of pop singer. Runs the gamut. Gamut. Runs the whole gamut. He does the whole rodeo in one show. So you can check it out. And uh, he plays all over the place. Uh, this weekend, if you're listening today on June 30th, he's going to be in Holland. So look up that show. And tomorrow, June, I think it's Austin. He's doing a street party in Austin. Manitoba, the other Austin, the better one. The one that isn't overblown with uh, Elon Musk's and Joe Rogan's. <laughs> the one that actually is a town you can get around in. Has a lot of fun things going on. Anyway... So look for Quentin Blair and his band wherever you can. They play a lot of uh, local shows. So you can probably have a good chance of catching them once, twice, three times. If you want to, just look out for the shows. They are everywhere. Okay. And now we're going to pump our own tires here. we got to pump our tires. We've got to tell you to look for Manitobaville on the... Uh, give us a reason to be on social media. Follow us on social media. Just look up Manitobaville. Or look up Mahangel or look up combination of of the two uh we're on all those things and uh tell people about us on their podcatchers say get your podcatcher out and go look for manitobaville type it into the search bar and you'll find it it's easy it's the only one that comes up under manitobaville so there's no excuse (laughs) we'd like to see a subscriber number jump and we'd like to see some listens happen because uh, we want to get out there and get these interviews listen to this is the 39th episode and um our feeds of course being taken care of by ewald over at Homefield, and they are doing our podcast stuff podcast i think it's called podcastville i wonder where they got that name ha ha it's a good name because that's what it's all about it takes a village to raise a podcast it takes a village to raise a province it always takes a village to do whatever you want to do unless you're a, uh, what do you call those multi, multi-facility people, <laughs> multi-facile, multi-facile, uh, people. I don't know. There's a word for it. Oh, I don't know what it is. I'll have to go and look that up. They're that kind of people. They're self-taught and they also have multiple disciplines. So, you know the word. Hey, actually send me the word and I'll, uh, I'll tell you if you're right or not. Cause I'll look it up too. Anyway, you can do that by going to our website. We have one of those. Uh, <laughs> no big deal, right? Eh, no big deal. We got a website. You can contact us through there and tell me what it is when somebody is self-taught and multidisciplinary, multidisciplinary and all kinds of words you can give me. Okay. Anyway, here we are. We're going to talk to Quinton Blair. We're going to go all over his, uh, activities in, uh, playing music and riding horses and what's going on in his world. So once again, Happy Canada Day. Hope you have fun. Uh, might be down in Vita, checking out the fireworks. Um, say hi, I guess, if we bump into each other. Who knows? It's going to be good. Just stand in the pierogi line. <laughs> we might, might say hi. Okay, so here we go. A little did-it-did into a little ad spot, and then boom, we'll come out the other side, and we'll already be talking to Mr. Quinton Blair. On average, we'll typically ride for about an hour and a half, two hours, find a nice ridge overlooking the Assiniboine, and then uh, 
you know, whatever, pull out a bottle of wine and I'll take out my guitar and uh, play some tunes around the campfire. So it's kind of a unique little experience that we started uh, doing, I guess, about two years ago now. Neat. Do you get a lot of people that don't ride horses that that's their first experience and they get to... Yeah, some of some of them are first time riders. A lot of them were like, "Well, I, I rode horses when I was, you know, fifteen years old or something like that, and haven't ridden for twenty years, mm-hmm. and uh, come out for the ride." And it's a lot of people that you know know me through music, which is, uh, you know, it, it keeps it pretty easy because we've got some kind of common ground and I have some familiarity with them and stuff. So it's uh, you kind of know who's coming out already. It's it's pretty great though. Um, you know, we were, it all started because we were on a, on a trail ride, me and my partner, Vanessa, and we've got four kids between us. So we've got a whole pile of horses because we like to take them camping with us. And so, mm-hmm. you know, all the kids need to have horses when they go out. And so we're riding just the two of us one time going, it's a shame that no one else comes out and rides with us. So that's kind of where, you know, we birthed this idea for, well, how can we get people to come out and ride for us and how would it make sense? And this was during COVID when, you know, you're limited to outdoor groups of five. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, that's, that's perfect, actually. If two to three people came out to ride, that's all we need. Yeah. So we started uh, started doing this and it, and it kind of, it looks like it's got some real, uh, you know, momentum that will, uh, it's kind of building and people are starting to call. And so this spring we bought a cabin that's uh, literally right at the trailhead for where we ride. So now... Because that was always the problem is people wouldn't have a place to stay. So right. now we've got uh, our cabin and we've also got a big kind of outfitter tent. It's called a bell tent. So it sleeps. You know, you can fit five, six people in there, no problem, um, on cots. And there's a, like a wood stove and all that kind of stuff. So uh, so now we've got two places for people to stay when they come out and ride. So um, it's going to be a fun little uh, adventure to see what happens here. Yeah, that's neat. Because the worst part of a day like that is having to go back to a city. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing is like, I mean, and this has been an idea that's been brewing in my mind for probably 10 to 15 years. Cause I mean, I, mm-hmm. I love playing music. I love telling stories, sitting around the campfire. I love horses. I love being with my family. And it's all kind of just things that are like come together. And it's like, how can I build an experience where, you know, I don't, I don't always want to drive to Jasper <laughs> to play a show, right? Like that's yeah. a, that's a tough weekend to go and play. So, how can I build an experience that's so unique that people can come to, but yet I can stay close to home. So mm-hmm. that's uh, kind of coming to full fruition here where we're like, you know, all of a sudden, yeah, people come out and they stay for a night in the cabin and then they, they go for this beautiful hike um, on the hiking trail. And then the next day we'll take them on a ride and we'll have an out camp uh, on some crown land, you know, whatever, 10 miles away. And we'll ride there and cook around the campfire and sit out there with them and, um, you know, they get two nights of, of this experience and, and we get this great opportunity to to meet people. Because like I said, it's a lot of people who know me through my music or, you know, are looking for something really unique to do. But it's it's not it's not something that everybody would do to like hop on a horse and go ride and then camp in the woods and no services and all that kind of stuff. So it's uh, it's a pretty interesting a gig, if you want to call it that, where we get to kind of share these experiences with people. But it's such a one-on-one type of experience right like it'll be mm-hmm. me and vanessa or me and my daughter and and then you know two people coming out and we're just like you know yeah let's cook over the fire and let's get to know you and all yeah. of a sudden you know at the end of the the end of the trip it's like we got new friends what does that cost uh it depends on a whole bunch of different factors i guess so um you know we, we typically would run your average kind of weekend right now where it'd be a two night stay plus the rides for about 750 okay so it's uh it's uh definitely still a work in progress and finding out uh, what like you know what point Mm -hmm. it makes sense to do that kind of stuff but uh, that's where we're at for this summer uh for for folks to come out and it's uh it's pretty fun yeah, and you play for a full hour, not forty-five. Not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll just kind of play for whatever, yeah. whatever we kind of feel. I mean, because it is That's also great. different. Be- yeah, yeah, it's different because it's like you know when you're uh, when you're sitting by the campfire, it's like you know when there's only two people there. It's like you're playing a show to them, but at the same point, it's not the same as when you're playing a show to you mm-hmm. know. 200 people or 2000 people where it's like, that's how you put on a party and put on a show and you gotta, you know, we're kind of like a, we're a dance band. Like our, we just get people dancing. We, we spend our time 
predominantly in rural Manitoba. Um, it, it's kind of a funny thing. Like I, I just maybe play Winnipeg once a year, yeah. maybe yeah. kind of thing. And uh, a country bar yeah. probably, right? Well, yeah, that or like the Park Theater or or that kind of thing. Hmm. Um, you know, so we'll kind of play a, like a, or the Met is another place that we like to play. We'll put on like special uh, special events at the Met kind of thing. So oh, yeah. uh, the the whole point is to get people to come out and and dance. I mean, that's that's what we do. Like this weekend, we're playing, you know, in Holland and then in Austin, and next weekend we're in Falcon Lake and then in Carmen, and the week after that we're in Grunthal. Week after that's Morris, like. And then we're into Saskatchewan, and it's like, like we, we just spend all of our all of our summers in these small towns, and it's kind of a an interesting market, an interesting business model, but it's it's been great to us because that's just kind of who I am. So it's like everywhere you go, you you know you're you got you know people of a similar mindset as far as agricultural background you know there's horses around they like country music they like storytelling a lot of them grew up listening to am country radio so they know a lot of old country Mm. and so that's kind of a lot of times that's kind of where i where i'd see my music fits is i'm somewhere between a folk singer and a country singer and i love that storytelling aspect to it um but at the same point, you know, I grew up as a kid in the 90s mm-hmm. listening to country music. And, and that's that's its own. Like, I mean, there's there's pockets of folks that, that love different eras of country music. And so you got some folks that are like, yeah, 70s, outlaw country, that's my jam. And mm-hmm. you got the other people who are like, well, the, you know, I want to hear like modern songs or whatever. But like that 90s era of country music for everybody from like, you know, Garth Brooks and Mm-hmm. and mark chestnut and whatever there's just just alabama still going strong at that point like it's such an incredible catalog of music from the 90s and it's like that that era when people would go to like you know your cook county saloon and and partner dance all night long right. or like your parents would be going to socials or they'd be going to weddings where people just partner danced all night whereas now people don't partner dance the same so it's kind of um it's funny for me well not funny it is it's it's my living for what i do but like to go somewhere and watch people dance all night long and watch people learn to dance while we're playing i mean it's just Mm -hmm. such a such an integral like such an interesting part i mean what happened you know 30 years ago people would go to a dance in the next town to try to like that's where they're meeting people because it's such and, and they always say, you know, if, if you can dance, you got a chance. Like that's, <laughs> I always tell guys, like just learn how to two-step yeah. and you will, you will always have friends at these events because, you know, it's just, everybody just wants to be out there laughing, having a good time, meeting people, hanging out. And, and so the, the music kind of facilitates that. So it, it is interesting that that dichotomy to play, um, you know, we'll play a street dance celebrating canada day and then to play play a backcountry concert the next day it's like mm-hmm. it's two completely different songbooks right that's, so that's, yeah that's like that's canada right yeah yeah sort of sums absolutely it up yeah absolutely and I'm, and I'm such an advocate of manitoba too like you know i put in my time traveling and and playing you know 110 shows a year and you know i drive to regina for 100 bucks and you know it's like Mm -hmm. oh that that gets old real real quick and i think if if anything covid really encouraged me to find a way to marry my passion for horses and music Mm -hmm. and be content in that and i'd way rather be you know two hours from home like we'll still drive that even if we're playing till two in the morning Mm -hmm. you know I'll still drive that home because I'd rather wake up in my own bed. Yeah. And it's, so it's, yeah, COVID sort of changed a lot of things, but music was sort of changing anyway before that. Where, agreed. Where a lot of the musicians were saying it's just not the same. The, uh, you know, it's hard to find venues or it's hard to find fans out there. And, yeah. And I could see how you wouldn't want to be on a tour bus, like going to big city, big city, big city, because you don't really meet anybody. You don't get to know them. And if you can just drive over to, you know, a few towns over, play a show, you can hang out like before the show, after it, you know, the, yep. the pressure is not there to have to make the next, you know, stop. You don't have a tour manager, you know, trying to round you up, you know, yeah, throw you on a bus. The other part too, is that like you become a part of the community. So, mm-hmm. 
you know, my daughter's uh, 10 years old. And so she's just starting to enter what are called jackpots. It's just a bunch of, you know, women getting together and barrel racing and having fun and laughing and kind of, it's like a friendly competition night. Just, right? And so just, yeah, you, just barrel yeah. racing. <laughs> That's all. Was, yeah. So she's, she's 10 years old. This is her first year where she's like yeah. going out there and, you know, so she's, yeah, but she's meeting people. She's yeah. meeting friends her age, similar interests mm -hmm. from all over the province because mm -hmm. she's going out and doing this. So, you know, like we show up at this jackpot and my, and my horse trainer from Oak Lake, which is near Verdon, mm -hmm. shows up in Austin. So whatever, she drove two hours probably to get there. And you're just like, yeah, I didn't expect to see you here, but you know, music has allowed me to become a part of that community. And then that community is such a, it's such a small one at the end of the day. Like, like every, it's like a, a small town. Everyone knows everybody in that, in that, um, especially when I'm in the Western sports world, you know, mm -hmm. it, it's different when there's, you know, folks who are riding English or people who are showing raining horses or cutting horses, but like each, each sort of discipline of equestrian activities, like that world is small. So, mm -hmm. uh, and music has just allowed me to kind of just jump right into that, that community on both levels as, as like a rider, as a competitor. And then as a, you know, as a musician, kind of the, the fun at the end of the night too. So it's kind of funny cause it's like, we can go on rodeo and you know, no one really makes money rodeoing in Manitoba, mm -hmm. but uh, I'll always say that I do. I, I probably, you know, earn the most amount of money than anybody because <laughs> we're out <laughs> playing the dance. That yeah. night. It doesn't matter if I lose during the day because yeah. we're out there anyways for the weekend, having a good time. And uh, you know, like I said, it's something that my kids are a part of and that just makes it um, all the more fun and, uh, and engaging. That's something that your your average modern manager or or historic manager would probably be a little against, right? You know, like you're gonna play the show, you're guaranteed. You got to do these shows. Don't get on that horse. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Like, especially at the event, like we're gonna see you could, you know, you know, yep. potential anything happen, and then what happens <laughs> to the show, and where, you know, and, and more importantly, where's my cut if it gets canceled? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, and do, it, so and do you is... have a manager? <laughs> Um, no, no, I, I, I do operate a hundred percent independent. I've had, okay. I've had a couple managers in my time, but it's funny just how, um, like I'm a business owner. Right. And mm -hmm. so I, I run the music operation like a business and you know, at the, the stage that I'm at, like I'm, I'm not afraid to pick up the phone and make it ring and do the bookings. And, you know, we, we self-produce probably 85% of our shows. So that's everything from marketing to, um, you know, carrying our own PA with us and our own crew of techs and our own trailer full of gear. And, yeah. you know, it's just like, there's kind of a lot going on. So I do, I do end up working with a team from, uh, from Toronto, um, sharp nine music. And so they'll do all my radio releases and, mm -hmm. and be in contact with media for me and that kind of stuff on the national level. And then uh, my producer, as of recent is is based in toronto as well so uh it's, it's kind of neat because he's uh he plays in a hair metal band called harem scarum <laughs> okay oh, I've heard of that. Yeah. yeah so yeah. i don't know they've got 25 albums out kind of thing yeah. his name is pete lesperance he's got this great understanding for melody hmm. and for just it, it was so interesting to watch him put together our latest song so that's my like 20 dollar bottle came out in may that's the first song that i produced with pete and it was kind of one of those where it's like i'm taking a bit of a risk kind of mm -hmm. stepping outside my comfort zone yeah. and trusting that music sensibility is music sensibility and yeah. so well hair metal he, he is had, just country music sped up right yeah <laughs> well but it's amazing the, the melody that <laughs> yeah. that like listening to him play and i'm like that that is a little that's a little bit outside of the mm -hmm. typical country songbook which is mm -hmm. fantastic so but you look I at songs kinda... like home sweet home or uh, every rose has a thorn and yeah and, and it's like you know these are country songs which is great you know <laughs> yeah yeah you're absolutely yeah. right so it's been an interesting process to kind of walk through that with Pete. It's been fantastic yeah. actually. So, um, you know, that, that kind of just opens doors, um, to, to just continue to get out and play and, and talk to people really, which is what is such an important part of, of the gig as being a musician, as being approachable. And, uh, and I think that's also just that, that kind of country boy sensibility of like, you know, just understanding that mm -hmm. just saying just being just being a nice guy just talk to people and give them time and and things will work out
Yeah, and that's the thing too. You're talking about the '90s country scene, which was uh, when when a lot of producers started putting the pop kind of sound into country, mm-hmm. and that had a huge crossover. So if you're playing the older country, even back to Hank Williams, like you say, up through the outlaw period, up through the '90s, there's not going to be many people just sitting around not having a good time because there's something for everybody. That's exactly right. That's exactly yeah. right. And then the the greatest part about that is that I'm a storyteller. So I like to I like to talk into the microphone. I like to engage people using story. Um, but then, the, so I don't do that that often at a at a dance. I, I definitely do talk a little bit, but mm-hmm. for the most part, I try to keep uh, keep the breaks pretty short and keep the music flowing. But you know, you can go from playing, you know, Hank Williams to Waylon Jennings to call it Eddie Rabbit. And then I'll play one of mine and then we'll play mm-hmm. the Mavericks and then we'll play Steve Earle and then yeah. I'll play another one of mine. And and we play a lot of original material that we work into the set list in a way that will still allow people to dance to our music. And yeah. so that's just such a fun thing. And And with this $20 bottle, everyone's, you know, whatever music has changed, like you said. Mm-hmm. they're adding it to playlists they're sharing it on social media so it's kind of something that i've never experienced before where i've shown up at a show and people are already asking for songs they're like play 20 dollars bottle and i'm like you're you're 22 how do you even know my name <laughs> kind of thing yeah. like i just i don't market to your yeah. demographic so what are you doing here and then you know you're seeing kids put it on TikTok. You're seeing it on reels, like showing mm-hmm. up on reels and stuff. I'm like, that's pretty cool that, that yeah. my song is kind of reaching people like that. Are they buying CDs these days? Like do you sell CDs at concerts or are they downloading stuff or streaming or what, what? Yeah. Most, mostly streaming, but, but kind of heading into COVID, I had a really strange demographic because a lot of people who live in rural markets, I mean, as you and I talked about at the beginning, it's like, I got difficult, internet today mm-hmm. and so you know a lot of people struggle with that when they live in especially very remote uh rural right communities and so you know a lot of times you know when you're ranching and when you're farming like you're not living in a big town you're living kind of out there why why and is so, that i don't understand so so i mean basically like those folks were always wanting to buy cds because they'd yeah. put them in their trucks yeah and they'd have them hard copy but then at this yeah. Yeah, yeah, but at the same point, the music world has changed away from the album mentality to mm-hmm. the single mentality, and it's like unless you want to get nominated for like a Western Canadian Music Award, like you just you don't put songs on an album anymore. Yeah. So I was listening I mean, to uh, I was listening to who is it talking? Um, Mike Reno, because they're going back on the road, they're on the road yeah. now or whatever. But he was talking to a guy, and he said he said that excuse me, they had a good song idea, one song, they thought it was really good, they went in the studio, did just that one song, did a little, you know, ham-fisted video for it, just got it up, just to put out before their tour, to have something new, yeah. and he said they probably yeah. would never do a whole album again, because they didn't want to have to write nine filler songs, just because. Yeah, and I mean, and that's the reality of it, like, it just doesn't, it doesn't pay to do that, especially by the time you put that studio time in. You want your songs to sound cohesive and you mm-hmm. want to pour your heart and soul into every one. But the reality is people are only going to migrate to one. But that was a bit of a weird process for me because like I sent Pete probably 20, 30 songs I'd written mm-hmm. going. These are the songs that I think like kind of when we're having our pre-production meetings and like, um, you know, what are we kind of looking for? What's the goal of the song? What's, what's our target market? All that kind of stuff. I'm like, I think I got a solid collection of songs written that we would we would do for this. And, you know, sure enough, after kind of pouring through 20, 30 songs, he goes, well, I think there's there's probably two or three here that we could do. And I think $20 bottle is the best one in there. Yeah, and I was like, twenty dollar bottle. Like, I got songs that are way deeper than that. Like, they tell a different story. There, there's, you know, twenty dollar bottle is, you know, a song about a good time in a small town. Like, it's relatable. It's a summertime jam. I get it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a bunch of smoking solos on it, and the production is great. And it's got some really funny hook lines too, right? Like, it'll kick you like a mule, put a hitch in your hobble. It's a whole lot of trouble in a $20 bottle. Like yeah. when we wrote that line, we knew we had a song at that point that we needed to kind of pursue. Yeah. But I, I always feel like as the, as the imp- in, introspective, you know, and that's probably the, the folk side of me that comes out. It's like, I got some 
better stories to tell and I've got some, you know, more kind of life lessons that I want to share in <laughs> yeah. song as opposed to, you know, Twindale. But at the same and, point. Well, he's saying, yeah, but look how much money Van Halen made. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. it. He's like, like I, he's like, I don't want to like pull anything like back. These are great songs. Yeah. But if we're looking for a specific demographic and if we want to make try to make as much money as we can on one song this is how we got to go about it I'm like you know what man i trust you mm-hmm. let's take it but it is weird because i really thought we could have done a whole album mm-hmm. of and we and and call it what is it? it like it probably would be a good album of a bunch of pretty decent songs and then you know you're gonna have your one or two that stand out and 20 dollar bottle would hands down be one of those songs that stood out so uh it is an interesting process though to deal with that kind of rejection to go like like these are my filtered songs. Like I'm not giving you everything. I'm giving you what I think is already album worthy. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, there's two <laughs> or three here that we can work with. And I'm like, holy cow, this is this is tough. Well, it's the but, modern uh, uh, the modern music scene, right? He's looking at that and yeah. going, how do you fit in there? How do you stand out? How do you? That's right. But then how do? But then how do you still be yourself in all of that? Oh, you don't. Right. I mean, I remember growing <laughs> up. There's there's songs that I could go. I could probably list off ten songs where I was amazed that there was more music by that artist. <laughs> it was like, it was oh, just absolutely. that one song that I heard yeah. you know, over and over and over. But, yeah, yeah, but, no, yeah. Sometimes they just can't get to the rest of your stuff. Now they can with the internet. It's a lot easier. A few clicks and you're looking at your whole catalog. But uh, Yeah, and, and I have noticed my spin count in general is, is climbing, like even on a bunch of the older tracks that um, I thought maybe people were missing out on. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I, so I definitely noticed that people are clicking and, and enjoying it and, and finding just the other the other music as well. But it is uh, it is an interesting game. If, if, I mean, that is what yeah. it is. It is a game. Well, the streaming sort of, the thing, the takeaway I get from that whole scene is that they just found a way to pay the artists less and keep more money for themselves. Somehow. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Oh, I mean, and, and I'll always, you know, but is that, that's like radio, like typical uh, radio pays the royalty, right? For, for yeah. 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 You make your, you make your money in this business yeah. off of, off of the radio terrestrial and satellite. And you gotta have a sort of a combo of both of them. Yeah. Um, so that's so kind of Spotify you... like equal what, what you would get paid if a radio played your song. Like, no sp- chance. No yeah, it's chance. Way less. It's like, parts of a penny or something isn't it oh yeah yeah i yeah. think it's like 0.04 cents per yeah. spin yeah. and it's it is ridiculous but i mean on the trade-off is like but they do round oh. down right because <laughs> <you're only> <laughs> <laughs> what but, but what i would always suggest is that when you get a song played on the radio how many people are listening at that moment mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. there's, let's, let's say there's 5,000, 10,000 people. I don't know what. Well, you don't even know because that's based on the book and the book is based on a sampling of people yeah, who are actually yeah. filling out a little card and sending it back. Nobody knows. Exactly. Like the, you know, you TV station says you got to pay, you know, a million dollars for the Super Bowl. And it's like, really? Like, is that, well, Super Bowl is a bad idea because there's like 40 million yeah, yeah, people. Yeah. But like a typical TV show, they're saying, yeah. look, this is how many people watch this show. And you're like, how many people? Your sampling rates like a thousand people, and they're trying to tell you there's fifty thousand people or something. It's like any right. any poll you read where they're like, oh yeah, forty percent of people, uh, you know. It's like really like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You know, it's just it's hard to uh, it's hard to hard to fathom. But I think record sales was always a better way of showing, you know, if people were yeah. actually buying the records or having the records at home. Yeah. But are they listening? Is it just on a shelf? You know, you never know. So the shows are well, the best way. I think absolutely yeah 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 and and that's that's kind of pushing our 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 profession to being show driven like mm-hmm. if you're going to make money you got to be on the road you got to be playing but if you want to make money you got to be able to draw people to your show and sell t-shirts so kind of, and things you can't download yeah yeah, yeah absolutely i mean and, and that it's i don't know i i kind of feel like i've chosen a career where i pedal t-shirts and cds for a living but no one buys cds anymore or, or very i shouldn't say that i sold two on the weekend so mm-hmm. um but they're, you know, you used to sell like 20 in a night. Yeah. You know, 20, 20 albums in a night at 20 bucks a pop. Like that's a, that's a significant source of income when you're playing to like whatever, hundred shows a year, 80 shows a year. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's a lot of money that's coming in just from album sales. Yeah. So now having that taken off the table, like, you know, but then at the same point, stream count is still important because 
you're judged. So if, if you're trying to play a festival, let's say, and they don't know you, like mm. you're judged based on your online presence and you're like, holy cow, like yeah. now you have to have all these spins and I'm kind of sitting there going, half my crowd doesn't even have a Spotify <laughs> account, right? Yeah. Like how am I supposed, there's no chance that I can get all these spins up. Yeah, and um, forget them, forget them listening to you on a podcast. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, what? that's a whole nother thing, right? A yeah. whole nother thing, yeah. yeah. But at the same point, that's like, that's, a, that's, that's like a new genre. Like I am, mm. I'm a, I love driving a podcast. I spend most of my time in the truck. Oh, I shouldn't say most of my yeah, time, but yeah. I, I spend a lot of time in my truck every week and I get tired of listening to music. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I just want to hear people talking yeah. and I just want to fall into a conversation. I want to learn something new, yeah. maybe that I didn't know already mm-hmm. and uh, just use that. So I'm, I think that the longer that podcasts are, are rolling, just the more that it, it kind of takes a piece of the pie away from the, the music stream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems to. It's like it's all like online streaming is a, so many different things now. That, yeah. Uh, yeah, it sort of gets lost in the shuffle. But, you know, and that's not a bad thing because that's it's sort of, I think music and popularity and TV shows and movies took over for a while. And now it's sort of the revenge of the real people coming back. Yeah, and I think yeah. people like, I think people want to be engaged and with, with, intelligent conversation mm-hmm. i think that's the other part is that you know when you're typically um you know going through your day-to-day working you're sitting in the lunchroom at work like you may not be getting a lot of like really intense conversation on a, on a very intelligent level it might be a, a lot of surface conversation or small talk and i think on a podcast that's where it allows you to get into deeper conversation and deeper understanding of people who are just doing stuff like whatever it is like here i am a i play guitar and i take people trail riding and Mm -hmm. i try to live in the woods as much as possible like what do i really have to say but you hope that you know people listening are just kind of going like well i'm 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 learning something different about this guy from manitoba at this point right so yeah yeah and the whole the whole idea of um you know the canada day we're gonna pop this up for for canada day and all that and where are you playing on canada day you're doing a street festival Uh, yeah, street festival in Austin, Manitoba. Austin, okay. Get yep. out there, everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awesome. It, it, honestly, have... it, it's so much fun. Are it's they going to so have fireworks much... and all that? Like, yep, all they got fireworks and everything. Yeah, and we're in, uh, I guess if this is up on Canada Day, you missed us last night in Holland because mm. Holland was great too. <laughs> but, oh, okay. uh, It'll be up tonight so y- people can go to Holland too. <laughs> oh, there, there you go. But I mean, it's it's just such a such an amazing way to experience small town Manitoba. Mm-hmm. Like I, I find that a lot of times, and, and I and I see this as a musician, and I just, and I get this sense in general that, you know, it's like, why why leave Winnipeg like perimeteritis mm-hmm. or whatever they call it, right? Yeah. Like I don't want to get outside of Winnipeg unless I'm going to Grand Beach and I'm going to the White Shell, yeah. right? Because those Some are other, kind of another established... suburb, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it, but they're established tourism draws, yeah. right? Yeah. And I'm like, you should really go to a small t- as many small town fairs and festivals as you can. I mean, there's mm-hmm. great ones like, you know, Winkler Harvest Festival or or the the corn and apple festival is another great mm-hmm. one or even rodeos like the morris the big yeah. m in morris like that's a that's a fantastic event there's so much going on for the family are you, are you um, going down to banana days down in melita i almost referenced melita right there yeah, yeah. no i'm I'm not going down to banana days this year but yeah. but yeah even a town like that like these these fairs and these festivals are fantastic yeah. events to go to in manitoba and i feel like they just don't get enough credit but like on all the egg fairs know, too all the different small town yeah the heavy horses down in brutal and up in uh they have that whole circuit for the heavy horses from roblin down to uh and into brandon yeah and even i mean it's a lot of that stuff is out in westman with the horses Mm because that's just horse country in in manitoba but um yeah even like the thresherman's reunion in Mm -hmm. uh in austin is fantastic we just worked with the um North Norfolk uh, Egg Society with uh, their bull riding event early June and Hanover Egg Society has been absolutely fantastic to me since day one nice. uh, and we're going to work with them twice this year already so you know yeah they're like an association or, or a society like like Hanover for example they'll have like everything from like 
farmers markets to um you know kind of learning about the farm kind of activities to they've got a thursday night i think it's thursday nights um where they have just different local artists they've got this beautiful magnificent stage it's almost like uh you'd be at like the uh the lyric theater okay. theater at uh, cinnaboyne park right yeah, where it's well, just a permanent structure stage that's there uh and then i mean it's so accessible to go and see these these artists play mm-hmm. and in small town like i said there's there's vendors around you can get some mini donuts you can get kind of whatever you want and then they've got this this beautiful um egg ground like this rodeo arena where they've got you know stuff for kids going all the time and you know there's you know they can have a horse show there they can have a, a gym can a gym can is kind of like a bunch of games on horseback so it's all ages anyone can play but it's just a bunch of fun games a lot of laughter kind of thing they got this legendary chicken barbecue where they literally cook i don't even know how many you know chicken wings and thighs yeah. and breasts on on over the coals like they just have oh, tons nice. of fires going and they they have the, the big chicken dinner in in august and stuff and it's just like man small towns are fantastic yeah. and there's there's some of them that just do so much for the community uh, and then give back right just find different ways to to um, give back to the community encourage people to grow and and kind of establish themselves whether that's in in agriculture or if that's in another area that would be kind of supported by the the committee but like for example like a guy like me like as a musician they first saw me play and it was hard for me to get on stage at first like with mm-hmm. them and i had to kind of like push my way in and say hey look i i belong here too and then since that they've hired me every year i don't know for like 15 years pretty really? much i've played hanover for some kind of event yeah. whether that's their volunteer thank you night or it's their main stage show this year we'll we'll play with uh the a band called the road hammers on august the 20th I was so, going to ask you that. Do a lot of the other small town concerts you do, do they, do you have a supporting actor? Do you bring in local artists to come up and do some, you know, to, to kick it all off, things like that? Yeah, it, it depends on the location and depends who I know. So we played last weekend in New Bothwell on Saturday night and we had an opening act that I knew and we played in Eric's in the night before and, and no opening act. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we have an opener, sometimes we don't, and sometimes we're the opener, right? Depends on, on who's coming through, depending on where we're billed on to the evening. But yeah. um, when, know, I, when I was a kid, we would have, out in Beulah, we'd have the... Um, the dances that would you know for the community that's when there's people living all around in the countryside so we had a lot of people but the band was always uh acoustic like fiddle guitar uh probably accordion somebody on the piano yeah a little string band kind of yeah thing. is there a lot of that going on out in the, con- the communities still sometimes i mean actually when we go to alberta that's what they love it when i bring a string band out there they uh you know so we'll go with an acoustic a fiddle an upright bass and maybe a drummer who's just playing like a kick and a snare kind of thing yeah um but these were old people back then (laughs) yeah yeah they were stretching way back into the you know the old time music so but it's funny because going to alberta like especially when you play those like those real small town events i mean you look at calgary and pinoca and you know the Mm -hmm all those big rodeos yeah they're, they're having full-on electric bands and they're trying to have big parties and stuff like that but we'll go to like oh where was it uh black i can't diamond. remember the name of the town black diamond, black diamond. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no no uh, it was up north it, it was it was okay. uh it was outside of jasper Brule. Okay. okay so Brule, b-r-u-l-e okay small town small small town mm-hmm. small mountain town but I've gone out there and I've brought the electric band and I've also paired it back and brought the upright bass and fiddle and acoustic kind of band. Oh, nice. And yeah. they, they went crazy when we brought the acoustic band. Hmm. And these are guys that are like, you know, everyone's there who's like, you know, mm-hmm. 16 to to 30 is kind of your competitor age range. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it was like, yeah, the, the parents and the people from the community. And so the older generation too, and the dance floor was just packed all night. And I'm like, that's crazy because like, you know, we put on a great party when we're playing with the electric band as well, but you don't need it when you've got good songs and, and the right demographic of people there, you don't need anything else. Like we could have played around a campfire that night and it <laughs> yeah. would have been, just a memorable memorable experience for everybody that'd be fun like a place like wasagamine you could play on the beach you know just yeah do, just do a little acoustic miking where you just you know pushing it back to some speakers back to the people in the back 
Yep, absolutely. Like a more of like a bluegrass, like a single microphone yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we've heard of that. It'll be it'll be great on uh, on these shows coming up this weekend. Uh, it, it was an accident. I'll admit that uh, I double booked fiddle players, so I've got okay. two fiddle players. Oh, you're gonna on do the show. Orange like, Blossom special? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah that, that yeah. rolls. Yeah. <laughs> But like I've got uh, Blaine Baduk who plays uh, fiddle for me quite regularly, and then Jeremy Penner who's uh, who subs in for Blaine when uh, Blaine can't play it, okay. and they're both just world class fiddle players, and yeah, it'll be <laughs> it'll be interesting because um, all of a sudden I got the text message from Blaine going, you know, what time are we loading in? I'm like, well, you're not on the show, so what do you mean? He's like, no, I'm on the show. I'm like, what? <laughs> so, well, we'll go uh, and we'll we'll see what happens here. It'll be fun. You can blame the manager for that one. That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's that's management's fault. Yeah, <laughs> management's bang. Yeah, <laughs> but it's uh, but it's it's like last weekend in Bothwell, we played with a six-piece band. Like that, you don't get to see that that often. You get a lot mm. of like three and four-piece bands, yeah. but you know, pedal steel and fiddle and and you know, electric guitar, acoustic guitar, bass, drums, lots of harmonies. Like that's a pretty fun show to to be a part of. Like I get to stand on stage and and make this music with my friends and it's it's pretty fun <laughs> i'm not gonna lie yeah. so I'm gonna, I'm gonna see what happens this weekend with those double fiddles but that might become <laughs> a thing going forward just because who has twin fiddles in a band no one has twin fiddles anymore in a band but you know it's such a part of the of the country music songbook to actually have twin fiddles That's a hinge break side-by-side -side double barrel, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Watch out, folks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be crazy. I love that. I loved, uh, there's a band way back, Seaweed, I think. Oh, yeah. Seaweed yeah, band, they're still playing. They played in Brandon, and they had, um, I can't remember what their singer's name was, but they had a Clint, Clint Dutame? Is that his? Clint, Clint Dutium. Dutium. Yeah, I know yeah. Clint. Yeah. yeah, Clint was with them, and they had, a, a, I can't remember the guitar player's name, but they both played guitar, and then they both played fiddle. Yeah. And so they could, they had a wide range and then they would both pull out the fiddles and play like Orange Blossom Special and, and it was just powerful. So I yeah, remember and then, those days. Yeah. Yeah. But those, those would be like the, you know, it depends. I mean, seaweed is still playing now. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't know if as regular as before, but um, they would have gone through that era of, you know, what it was like to play country music mm -hmm. six nights a week. Right. Yeah. That was a tough gig. I would not be playing country music right now if my job was to play six nights a week in a smoky bar, <laughs> yeah, I could not yeah. handle that. Oh yeah. Like, but, when did those days end then through the two thousands, but back in the nineties, yeah. it was just, Oh yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and they had to have the uh, music license in order to run the VLTs. I think that's right. what the catch was. Yeah. So, you know, the, the bars make their money on the VLT mm -hmm. and in order to get that, they have to have the band come in and play. But like, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I've stayed in some of those band rooms before. Yeah from back in those days and like it's pretty sketch living <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. no one cares about the band house and the band who's in there before like mm -hmm. if they're heavy partiers and stuff like that ah, just yeah. you know yeah. it's it's like uh like a low budget rental right and it's just going yeah. like oh it's just <laughs> it's I, a, it's when a, i'm on the road i was gonna go say ahead. it's a real petri dish and you hope that your chemistry can fight it off you know yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, uh, and then w when I'm on the road by myself a lot, like because that's half the time if you're you know on your way to uh, to wherever mm -hmm. southern Alberta, let's say you got to find some shows along the way to stop and kind of get you there. Mm -hmm. And so you're, you're kind of playing for rooms, playing for meals, playing for whatever you can to get to these shows, and you're just like. Mm -hmm. I remember uh, I was <laughs> staying in uh, Nanton, Alberta, and uh, I just got went into the room and, um, you know, I, I, basically I'd just driven. I think I drove in from Regina or something like that. Drove across southern Alberta. Beautiful ride. Get there. Got to use the washroom. So I run up to grab my key to the hotel room and and I run up these stairs. I'm like, I've seen these. <laughs> stairs before i don't but i've never been here where have i seen this before and then it was like you know you're in room two so i run into room two and uh it turns out that uh 
this hotel was was featured on a show of like haunted hotels <laughs> and i and i run and it's occurring to me as i'm running up the stairs as to where i've seen this before because i'm like this is all familiar <laughs> and i run into room two i'm like i gotta go so i so i literally i, <laughs> I get into the washroom and i sit there and the light starts to flicker as oh, i'm nice. sitting in the washroom I go, oh come on <laughs> and then all of a sudden someone starts knocking on the door and pushing on the door like in my room like, yeah. like in the bathroom not like in yeah. my room room and they're like are you in there are you in there is it you and i'm like holding i'm sitting down <laughs> holding the door shut pushing back and i'm like i'm losing my mind and i walked downstairs and i said i think the cleaning lady was in my room and they're like cleaning lady we don't have a cleaning lady hmm. and i'm like oh my goodness and that, just wow. kidding it turns out it, it was the cleaning lady okay but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but it freaks me out to do that. So, like new person in the room too go do the thing yeah that's right that's right <laughs> flip the light <laughs> just bang on the door that's right yeah it was it was if that was a prank that was a that was a great prank that they played on me they didn't have a uh like a some blood coming under the door out of a, a yeah yeah no <laughs> <laughs> but the timing was just perfect and they it turns out that they they that wasn't supposed to be my room that was supposed to be the next room over oh okay so okay. Maybe, maybe they had other guests staying in room two and and all of a sudden i was uh you know yeah making them clean it again but you were scared, you know, whatless anyway. So, yeah, exactly, exactly. It was it was kind of one of those. Uh, Literally, maybe there's uh yeah, d- too much information in that story. But at the same point, it's it's a really funny story when you when you sit back now. At the moment, yeah. I was like, what is happening right now? It was like a deja vu or something. And yep, and absolutely. Happened. Yeah, that's nuts. Hey, here's the okay. We'll get to the part of the program where it's the heavy loaded questions. Um, so a lot of people are looking to move in rural again now for you know, reasons of just being out of the city um, mm-hmm. or the craziness that they, they see in cities. And also to, you know, maybe have their own garden or get some food security going. What do you see when you travel small towns and stuff? Do you, are you meeting people who are, are new to the area because they just moved back there or like former country kids who, you know, just wanted to get to the city and then got a belly full of it and, and move back or kids that grew up in the city that have, that are now, trying their hand, you know, living rural, like what, yeah. what's the mix out there as far as you've seen? I think it is a huge mix. It's, it's, it's probably all of the above. Um, you definitely meet people who are like, you know what, I just got tired in the city and, you know, I could make money on my house. So I sold it and I moved out here and, you know, spent half that much money on my house. And now I kind of have space and that's kind of what drew me to, um, to just different regions as well. Like even to like, um, to, to Holland, it's just like the, cost of living is so much lower mm-hmm. than compared to even like some of the other areas that I'm, you know, frequenting, like, you know, landmark is, is a great example. It's like 30 minutes from downtown Winnipeg, well, maybe a little bit more than that, maybe mm-hmm. 45, but lo- like it's close enough that you're still within commuter distance, mm-hmm. but that means you're paying commuter property taxes and commuter, you know, values on land and all that kind of stuff. Whereas in Holland, you're, you know, two hours from Winnipeg. There's no chance that you're commuting that back and forth and you're, you're pretty much working locally at that point. So, you know, just it's, it would made it for a very, uh, you know, reasonable place to, to look at. And, and long-term that's kind of a, a direction where yourselves kind of settling. I mean, we're, we kind of got our own little story just based on, on family, so it, it kind of means that we have to maintain two farms right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, Holland is kind of the, the end goal, uh, Holland, Austin area uh, for where we want to be. So it's a matter of timing and all that kind of stuff for the time being. But when we're out there, we're definitely, uh, we're definitely seeing people f- move down. Like I've got, uh, you know, some friends who were, you know, up in the paw and then they moved down just, I don't know whether they want to be closer to families or having kids or whatever. Uh, they came back or friends from Hudson Bay, Saskatchewan. They just moved, uh, you know, into the McGregor area just for, um, you know, they, they wanted to raise their kids there and be a part mm-hmm. of the family business and stuff. So yeah, you do see people move away and then move back. Uh, and then you do see uh, city folk, um, you know, want to move out as well. So uh, yeah, I think we see the whole, the whole mix of, of reasons for people to get out. Are there new new Canadians moving out to the rural area, or are they staying pretty much in the cities? No, absolutely. You look at, I mean, depends on the industry, right? But because um, because typically there'll be 
uh, going to to spots where where they need to find some industrial work mm-hmm. um just in general because that's that's i think part of the uh, uh part of the sponsorship programming as far okay, as i'm yeah. aware i don't know that yeah. much about that that uh, provincial nominee program but i think that um businesses like high life who are hog processors i i think that that they actually run these nomination programs to get people to these communities to work at these hog plants right mm-hmm. so you, you take an example like uh Nipawa or even like steinbach and the brokery i think they have it used to be called valiant was a they used to make um they're a drug manufacturer but i think they changed their name but so they'll have you know groups of and they'll specifically bring people to canada to work at their facility same thing in nipawa where they've got this hog processing plant and there's just such a strong kind of new to canada community in there and you, you see that in the valley of homes like it's it's just as hard to buy a home in nipawa as it is to buy a home in winnipeg right mm-hmm. now like there's just prices are just skyrocketing uh, offers are really aggressive and you know that's just just how it is but yeah. it's you would never think that about nipawa yeah it's, but it's because they've got their hog processing plant yeah so those people get to yeah because they'll go to the fairs and events and i guess yeah. if you're in nipawa it's easier to get around to other small towns to see things as, as you know by the time you get out of winnipeg if you're in the middle of winnipeg the equivalent is if you're in Nipah, you're already down to brandon or something you know <laughs> yeah just about yep yeah. yep like time-wise anyway like yeah. a lot of miles so so i guess well, i mean that's the yeah. thing too. you're also when you live in the country you're used to driving mm-hmm. right like i'm used to driving because of my job yeah. and because of where i live but you and get hobby, but you pull right? out of your driveway and you're driving it's not sitting in red lights that's for right the next half hour yeah and you know whether i mean i spend my you know majority of my life on highway one mm-hmm. um then i'll but i do like getting off those main highways as much as i can but yeah like highway one mm-hmm. from from here to brandon is like i could I could tell you every curve in the road. I could tell you which stoplights I'm going to get stopped at. I can tell you, yeah. you know, what the special is at Tim Hortons. You can do a count, what, count down to the halfway tree. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's just like, but I'm used to driving. Now, yeah. you know, you, you take, for example, my sister, let's say, she lives in Winnipeg and, you know, very busy and, and does a lot of kind of, stuff. Like she, tra- she drives around Winnipeg all the time, mm-hmm. but it would be, different for her to like actually go you're driving two hours to mcgregor tonight like yeah what's what's the difference like yeah. <laughs> and she's like exactly. just two hours like it's yeah. two hours like i know but i i take phone calls then i book shows i write songs i mm-hmm. ch- chat with friends i haven't talked to in a while i listen to podcasts mm-hmm. i you know i am i'm fine yeah doing that right i mean i do feel like like a truck driver half the time because it's like i'm always hauling a trailer whether it's full of gear or full of horses or you know full of sheep that i'm delivering or whatever <laughs> but i mean it's funny like yeah because w- when you're rural you're that's just part of life like my friend who like as i said earlier in in uh, in our conversation my my friend who drove in from oak lake to austin driving whatever it is two hours or hour and a half to get there mm-hmm. just for three runs at a barrel racing and to see some friends for an hour or two mm-hmm. like that's that is just part of life that's just yeah. what we do and that's the hardest part with a bunch of these fuel prices it's like you know you can you can argue in the city that you can go hyper local mm-hmm. right you can you can find restaurants yeah within walking yeah. distance for the most part depending on where you live i mean that's already your lifestyle um mm-hmm. but you can find you can find you know your local grocery store you can find your local services your doctor your dentist are all bar. within walking distance or biking or <laughs> whatever it is right yeah bar. exactly bar. yeah <laughs> so so you can find all these spots that are that are biking and walking distance mm-hmm. for you but when you're rural yeah like you have no choice but to fire up the truck and it's always a truck because there's always jobs that you do with the truck whether it's hauling livestock or whether it's like mm-hmm. hauling machinery or whether it's you have to be able to drive through a field mm-hmm. and you just can't do that in a car so like the the cost of inputs and the cost of fuel prices is just like like you hear this in the rural communities like you can't let that get you down but mm-hmm. i'm like my fuel bill has doubled yeah like that's a lot of money i, I put a lot of fuel in my truck to begin with and now it's just like like, yeah. I don't even I don't even want to tell you how much I pay for gas every month. Like it's just absolutely ridiculous. And 
Why is that you know, band getting not, so expensive to book? Yeah, that's like, right. And we'll look at and your own fuel convers- bill. Yeah, I know, and that's the up. conversation I I had with uh, with a rodeo committee from uh, from Saskatchewan, and I'm like, I would love to play the show for this, mm-hmm. but I can't yeah. because I don't know what gas prices are going to do. And so I got to bill you 750 bucks, mm-hmm. just building that into the contract just for gas because right. i don't i mean who knows if it's if it's going to be six hours of driving so that's 12 hours and gas and it's like well it's you know it's that's 500 bucks before you know it but what happens if prices go up mm-hmm. and that's not even covering wear and tear at that point so you know it it is um well, it fuel, is working fuel, its way in fuel companies are so nice i'm sure it won't go up <laughs> they're so good to us there's always a reason there's, there's always so a reason to push prices up there's never a reason yeah. to bring them down never except Okay. At the beginning of COVID, when nobody was driving and gas prices dropped to like eighty-five cents a yeah, liter, yeah. that was a great summer. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great to go. summer. Yeah, yeah. no shows to, to play, but yeah, but but actually, we yeah. we spend so much time in the woods that we were still still using it. Just yeah. you're still not home on weekends. Yeah. We we're still gone somewhere, but mm-hmm. uh, it just was pretty cost-effective. Although you know, at the same point, there was no work, so yeah, was <laughs> a, a trade-off for low gas prices. Yeah, gas. Jeez. So, yeah. Hey, well, the other thing is, because um, I always thought if I go live rural again, because I grew up in the farms and that, then I don't really, I want to set it up so I don't have to go anywhere. Yep. Like you'd have some runabout that you would go wherever you got to go on the highways. But even on a farm, like no tractor, no gas bill, no mechanic bill, nothing breaking down in 40 below, Not no reason to go out in 40 below you know, and, uh, yeah. you know, just get back to that whole ranching kind of lifestyle mixed farm where you're growing your own food, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's pork or chicken or beef, you know, have, have working horses again, have, uh, you know, and just, and just be there, you know, just, yep. just be there. And because yeah, the way, the way the world's going is sort of pushing people into their little pockets. So wherever you end up, you could end up in a little apartment in the middle of a downtown somewhere, or you could end up, you know, on a, on a piece of property where you can stretch your legs and, and feed yourself. Absolutely. And I mean, I think that that's definitely, um, a goal of mine is to make a life, not a living. If I'm going to steal yeah. a line from, uh, that was a, a line that uh, Brett Kissel just put out into a country song a couple of months ago, but it's a good, it's a good like understanding of like, you know, if you can live simply, you don't have to have an extravagant mm-hmm. income or you don't, you don't have to. Like, well, you can live great. It, I mean, if you have your own beef and some pork, you can live high on the hog. You can eat all the yeah, good cuts. Literally. You don't have yeah. to, you know, sell off those just to, to maintain a gas bill or something. Yeah, you know? absolutely. No, there's a lot of secrets is, uh, in that. There's a lot of secrets to, uh, even what you guys do where you ride out a couple of days, play some music. There's a lot of secrets to that that make life good that people don't see. The little in, in between moments. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but at the same point, you also give up things like, um, you know, you're 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 limited in your social circle to your kind of immediate surroundings, um, and I guess that that's would be the struggle for me because I have friends all over. So it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, of of course I want to go to the parkland. I got friends there that I want to visit, and I'll mm-hmm. play a show while I'm up there. Yeah. So, or yeah, I'm going to drive through uh, Regina. Well, I'm going to play a show there that night because I got friends who I haven't seen in three years mm-hmm. because you just end up having friends from all over. So that is the, uh, the interesting part about being that traveling minstrel or troubadour kind of thing where, you know, you got friends in every town mm-hmm. and it's uh, just part of you that is fun to go back and see them. And way back in like middle ages and probably way back before those people carried, they were like the walking newspaper in song right. and talking to people around, like they'd sing for their supper and their, their lodging, but they brought you the news and then they would take your news and spread That's it right. around. Yep. No, you're yeah. absolutely right. Wild. So the gift is, yes, like you have a gift for this, but you, you receive the gift all the time too while you're doing absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Awesome. No, and it's, and it's a different if it's a different um it's a different return on the investment right like it's your like if, if there's one part where the gift is like i like to go and play and people like to come and see us and they like to dance they like to you know engage with us there's another side too where i'm not as social as you might think i prefer to sit around the campfire and 
you know, that's when I fill my soul. I was having this conversation with Vanessa yesterday. She's like, you know, um, when I sit around the campfire and play, there's no set list. And I'm going to pull out songs that I haven't even sung before hmm. and try to play them for you. And so sometimes you fall flat and sometimes you're like, oh, this song just didn't work. And that's okay. Uh, and, you know, it's like, but that's me feeding my soul. Like if I want to play, you know, Tequila Sunrise, I'm going to play Tequila Sunrise because I want to, not because the band wants to play it or because someone in the crowd wants to hear it. I just like that song and I mm. just want to play it. So, you know, that's, that's a lot of how those kind of campfire shows go where like, here's an old Keith Whitley song that I don't even know if I know the words to it, but let's try it and see where it goes. And sure enough, you can sing it. And like, I, I wouldn't have known that if I would have walked in saying, well, I'm going to play Sundown from Gordon Lightfoot. I'm going to play Harvest Moon. I'm going to play Wheat Kings. I'm going to tell a few stories. I'm going to play my own songs in there. And there's the night. And if I, if I walk into a campfire show like that, it's like, well, now yeah. I'm just mechanically reproducing a show night after night after night, which is fine. That's part of being a musician because then you can sort of strive after perfection. But I like that opportunity to be vulnerable and just say, hey, this is the moment that I'm going to create. Because as an artist, that's all that you're doing. Like when I go to these street dances, my whole goal is to create moments for as many people in the crowd as I can. And not everyone shares the same moment. Some people might hear a song and go, wow, this is a song that my grandpa used to play for me and he passed. And, you know, this song makes me remember him. Or this is the song that you fell in love to at a street dance when you when you first met your partner kind of thing. And it's like, that's cool when you just but but you're just delivering moments. That's your job. And so I oftentimes equate it to uh, sunsets. Because uh, someone asked me recently if if my you know horseback riding and time in the woods if that ever translates into songs and I'd say all day long, you can hear sections and ideas of uh, of my own um, kind of private woodsy kind of life uh, in my music and I, I was in Tennessee and I was writing a song with a fellow named Dwayne Thompson who's a really established uh, songwriter and producer Canadian born lives in Tennessee. And we wrote this song about burning sunsets and how like, we only get so many sunsets in life. And you have to be conscious of it. You don't be scared of it, but you have to be conscious of it. Because if you only get so many times to you know, hold your partner's hand, aren't you going to want to make sure that you do that as much as you can? Or mm-hmm. you know, have those moments with your kids. Because like, your kids, they grow up mm-hmm. so fast. You only get so many times to be daddy before you're dad. And then you're finally just, you know grandpa i guess so one day but you know it's like life is always changing and you just you know hold on to all those moments so we wrote this song about you know burning sunsets and and a kind of the idea is like own your sunset recognize what you want to have happen in life and just find a way to make that work so that way you're not counting dollars you're counting sunsets but you're not burning a sunset so that's just kind of my mantra that's uh kind of crept into my life to go like this is this is what i want to do i want i don't define success by how much radio plays my song or how far away i'm known or how much you know if i have to go to the states or go to the go to europe or australia and you know like that stuff doesn't even matter to me i want to play music and i want to ride horses and i want to be with my family and so that's my definition of success right there because that's the sunset that i want so it's just kind of uh become a mantra of mine and all that came out of a $20 bottle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Actually, I wrote I wrote $20 bottle uh, the day after I wrote Sunsets. And when I brought these songs back to Pete, I thought he was going to cut Sunsets because it's just got so much to say and there's such a story in it. And he goes, nope. It's twenty dollar. Like, who knows? We might come back to sunsets, uh, you know, sometime <laughs> next year. But for the time being, it's like oh, twenty dollars the one. When streaming finds a way to uh, do a B side. Yeah, exactly. That'd be the B side of of twenty dollar. And uh, yeah, maybe sometime I'll I'll scratch together some uh, some loonies and see if we can come out for a horse ride. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if anytime you want. you want, you let me know, and we can maybe maybe uh, maybe run an interview from the campfire out there. Yeah, we can get a, another interesting person along and yep, be a round table. That'd be fantastic. Uh, I guess it wouldn't be a round table. It'd be a round, round campfire. <laughs> yeah, a, a fire circle. Fire circle. Beauty. Ring of fire. The circle will be unbroken. You know the ones. You know all the tunes. Just request them at any show. 
see if Quentin knows them all. He, I, I suspect he knows a lot of songs and probably would surprise you by pulling it out and saying, all right, let's do that one. Okay, thank you to Quentin Blair, and uh, we'll be looking for you on the road. Of course, we'll be looking for you on the trail. That's a good idea. I think we'll try and find somebody to uh, somebody of interest to also to go up and we can have a little little round table around the fire. That'd be fun. That'd be a fun time. So we might just put that on the old calendar for this summer. It's going to be a nice summer, I suspect. We're going to come out of June real nice. <laughs> Who knows? We'll have to go look at the weather network and see what kind of scaremongering they're going to do to get us all worried about going outside. <laughs> anyway, the hedge against weather is to have a hat and have a jacket. And that's all you need to know. Maybe an umbrella. That could come in handy. Okay, and if worse comes to worse, just get down and sit under your horse and, you know, stay out of the rain that way. And if you can find a lone pine tree, well, that does in a pinch too. But not if it's lightning, okay? You don't want anything landing on you. So be careful out there. The weather's gone crazy, and we're going crazy with it. All right, so happy Canada Day. Hope you enjoyed the interview with Quentin Blair. Um, who knows? We'll have some uh, repeat uh, repeat personalities on the podcast as we look down the line. Um, we're always interested in the, uh, the real world, as it were. So we want to talk to people who have experience in it, who live in it. And Quentin appears to be one of them. Okay, so look for us on social media. Uh, that's under Manitobaville. Look for us on your favorite podcatcher. You already have. You found us. So why don't you tell a friend? And they can tell a friend. Uh, tell two friends. Maybe tell three. Do one better than the old commercial. Let's do one better. Always one better. Okay? So you tell three friends. They'll tell three friends. They'll tell three friends. And before you know it, we won't be able to see your face because there will be so many people on the screen. It'll just be a big mosaic of people. Manitobans, Manitobavillians, and people who may be expats or who are friendly to the notion of what a Manitoban is. <laughs> okay. Anyway, this is the Manitobaville Podcast. This is Mahangel signing off till our next fun episode sometime in July. And uh, yeah, like that. So just remember, we're copyright 2022 by Rodeo Road Studios. Mm-hmm.